the standardization will be the next big thing that we need um, in order to have a mod of electric vehicles and a lot of charging stations that are interoperability regarding interoperability very um, good working together. So the technology side with the ISO 1518 standard and the power line communication is the basis. And this is worldwide standardization, except of markets like China and Japan, which have their own standards. Welcome to We Talk IoT, a regular series of podcasts from the editors of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. This podcast is brought to you by Avnet Silica in cooperation with Microsoft. Hi, I'm Tim Cole, the editor-in-chief of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. Electric vehicles, or EVs, are cool. There are still twists in the road to market maturity, from accessibility and standardization issues to a lack of convenient and secure payment methods at charging stations, these could still throw a spoke in the wheel of electromobility, leaving full adoption out of reach. I'm joined today by Thomas Wagner of Intec, a pioneer smart charging company based in Bavaria, and Thomas Foy of Avnet Silica, to talk about where the industry is heading. Thomas, you're both Thomases. Choose which of you wants to answer. What are the biggest priorities in radically expanding electric vehicle, EV charging infrastructure, and meeting or surpassing targets? So I'm happy to take this question. So here is Thomas Foy. So from our perspective, a comprehensive network of fast charging station and the private use of wall box by green energy will definitely be absolutely important. But let me just underline the statement with some market figures which we see today. So the EV charging infrastructure market expects to have a growth of around 30% component annual growth rate by 2030. And this is actually because we all see the European Commission targets, which are requiring 60% of EV sales by 2030. So we have seen that several countries have already announced an end of the combustion engine cars by 2030. And this is, by the way, in line with the OEM brands, the OEMs in the market, which have committed to move forward with 100% electric vehicles by 2030 within the European Union. So in this regards, the deployment of charging infrastructure will definitely be a real pace setter of the EV revolution. To take just an example here, so going back a roughly six, seven years, we had approximately 6.5 electric cars per public accessibility chargers, and today it even moved up to seven or eight. So from that perspective, we see already that this is becoming an absolutely important point that we need definitely more fast charging station from a perspective of public accessibility. And considering one of the pioneers in Europe, taking in consideration Norway, where we have 75% of EV cars because of the tax advantage in this country, we have even a number of 33 cars per public charger. So in this particular case, this will definitely be absolutely important. Thomas Wagner, do you have anything to add to what Thomas Foy just told us? Yeah, so actually, um, I'm totally with Thomas uh, Foy on this point. Um, just uh, some things to add. It's In the near future, it's uh, mainly about the volume. So we need much higher numbers of charging stations and we need them much faster as uh, electric vehicle sales are gaining speed. So I'm mainly talking about uh, 
high power charging parks and also AC charging at home and at work. A 2020 survey by New Motion found that 61% of EV drivers are motivated to switch to electric to save money. However, this motivation is at odds with some of the fractured infrastructure in EV charging. You agree that accessibility and availability need to improve before e-mobility will really take off. So from our perspective, absolutely yes. And uh, in this regard, there have been even recently a generation factor study about EV and the future of use. The tech generation, which is the people in an age of 18 to 24 years, are four times more interested in e-mobility than people older than 50. And using this in particular with uh, the example I just gave, there are even some keywords from these people who are motivating them to use the e-mobility sector. And this being accessibility, exactly if you just ask, standardization when it comes to the individual solutions which are in the market, secure payment and consolidated billing. And especially considering all the varieties which we have currently in the market, this is an absolutely important pillar for these people to use the mobility sector. On top of that, cloud onboarding or even consumption profiling, which shows you exactly what has been used and wherever you are to show you the individual consumption you have had. So this becomes absolutely crucial. And as a last point, availability and reliability. And this in particular, when we talk about product longevity of the individual stations, but as well operating live ranging, when we talk about 10 to 20 years. So summarizing this point, refueling becomes a recharging. And in this particular case, it will just work when we are talking here about smart charging. And smart charging can just be if this is commercial, convenient, and technically considered. Thomas Wagner, uh, how close are we to a nationwide charging network that drivers can rely on when they need it, rather than having to hopscotch between charging stations? More especially, when will we reach a common European standard? So um, the standardization will be the next uh, big thing that uh, we need um, in order to have a mod of electric vehicles and a lot of um, charging stations that are interoperability regarding interoperability very um, good working together. So the technology side with the ISO 5118 standard and the power line communication is the basis. And this is a worldwide standardization, except of markets like China and Japan, which have their own standards. But uh, the rest of the world will mainly use this standard. And we are actually on the technology side very close because all companies are working there now together. All companies know that this standard will come and uh, this will help to do the future of electromobility and the future of vehicle to grid and sector coupling of energy and e-mobility regarding all the vehicle to grid functions. But what about, say, for instance, connectors? To my knowledge, there are at least six different forms of electric car plug types in the world. Isn't that going to be a hurdle, a barrier to adoption? So actually, um, the standardization of connectors was actually very successful in the recent years. So we have a CCS connector, which is a combined charging system of AC charging and DC charging. And we actually only have two types. It's the type one and the type two. 
And these are spread all over the world, as I said, except of China and Japan. Well, and Tesla has its own proprietary system too. It is confusing for users. The Tesla connector um, by mechanics is actually the same. It's a CCS connector. So you, at the moment, you can already charge with your uh, Tesla vehicle at a non-Tesla charging station. Thomas, how do dynamics differ in the public charging sector across the European Union, the Nordic countries, Central, Eastern, Southern, Western Europe, and the United States? How different are they? Oh, they're absolutely different, and it differs very much. So let us take the example of Norway as an extreme. In this country, we have 75% of the cars today which are in the sector of electric mobility, and uh, considering actually their car, the public charges, which are currently at 33, uh, which I meant before, is already a quite high one in regards of one access point. Considering this, and especially in addition to all charging points which we have in Europe, we have countries like Netherlands, Germany, France, and UK, which are building up almost 75% of Europe. So you see that the gap is definitely a very big one when it comes to the other countries. But we are definitely on a good way when it comes to the European situation due to the European Green Deal, which says 1 million public charges by 2025. And considering the situation about Americas, would you ask as well? Here we are talking actually about 0.5 million public charges by 2030. So as well in this territory, there are going to be some additional public charging sectors or public chargers in the near future. Well, that's very good news, but let's pause here for a second to hear a word from our sponsor. We Talk IoT, the smart industry podcast, is sponsored by Microsoft. Microsoft Azure IoT Hub. Highly secure and reliable communication between your IoT application and the devices it manages. Azure IoT Hub provides a cloud-hosted solution backend to virtually connect any device. Extend your solution from the cloud to the edge with per-device authentication, built-in device management, and scaled provisioning. IoT solution based on Microsoft IoT Hub, then Avnet IoT Connect is your perfect choice. A standardized way to harness IoT so your business can quickly build smart apps and solutions based on the Azure platform. We are back. Thanks. What are the most exciting technology advancements that we will see in EV charging infrastructure, Thomas Wagner? So regarding the basic hardware and software, we will find power line communication and ISO 15118, the so-called V2G vehicle-to-grid software stack in every vehicle and charger in the future. This technology then allows smart charging features like price-optimized charging or bidirectional charging. With these features, we will be able to integrate the vehicle into our home energy system, so-called vehicle to home, and also into the grid energy system. And at least as soon as the grid regulations allow it, we will all know this can still take some time, but then we will really have sector coupling of energy and e-mobility. To do so in the future, it is of highest importance that we equip every single charging station already now with this vehicle to grid technology. Who has to move to make that possible? The move is a little step in technology side, but I would say this is the 
small step and a big step on like politics and also the regulation side, mainly of the energy sector. So the energy people have to pull their own weight. I think, yes, the energy sector has to talk uh, with the mobility sector and the other way around as well. So this is, this is a cooperation, is a work we need to do together. And uh, with our charging stations and our charging technology, we are right in the middle of these sectors. And we are a big and important part uh, to do the coupling. Thomas Foy, what are your mid- and long-term views on how the charging infrastructure sector is changing? For example, the role of software and services, new business models, consolidation, and competition. It's a very good question. So let me start to answer this question from the technological point of view first. So the introduction of silicium uh, carbide or even gallium nitride in the market is, is speeding up the improvement of the performance of the three-phase power converters of the charging station. So here we are talking dedicatedly about superjunction MOSFETs, fast switch IDBTs, SIG MOSFETs, gallium nitride diets. So everything what will move finally into wideband gap solution will definitely support this from the technology perspective. So these new technologies definitely not kill the technologies, but they will adapt this to a major market. On the other side, IoT solutions as a service, so here in particular, Microsoft Azure Sphere and security will definitely play a significant role or even everything what is around this individual solution because security is and will become a very important pillar when it comes to charging infrastructure. And as a last point, the interfaces and communication we have seen today already that power line communication is of importance, Wi-Fi at the station, but as well Bluetooth and NFC, especially for payments, going to play a very important role. So from our perspective, these technological points are going to make a difference within the next years. Thomas Varty, do you agree or would you like to add? I totally agree on this point with Thomas Varty. <laughs> That's good. You don't even have the same first names, but you actually agree. Tell me, what are the most important or impactful partnerships that you see or hope to see for accelerating the rollout of charging infrastructure? So the need of charging infrastructure is now very clear for everyone. Yes, you're right. We need a faster rollout. The companies to provide this are there as well. We now need an efficient and robust supply chain from raw materials to fully equipped charging stations. In the long term, as I said, partnerships between the energy sector and also the mobility sector, like grid operators, charge point operators, and OEMs of vehicles for V2G sector coupling will be very helpful. Of course, charging networks will become big business. Who do you think will profit? It is important that everyone profits. So the manufacturers, the operators, the end users, the EV drivers, of course, and uh, both sectors also the energy sector. So there will be also business cases for like the V2G, like energy services, or to, for example, grid services. As I said, it is important that everyone, is, that is a win-win situation for all of us. What role will nation states play, or maybe even the European government? All these innovations will have to comply with lots and lots of national, international standards, many of which aren't even developed yet. And as EVs move ahead to replace fossil fuel vehicles, the race for the market dominance will almost certainly be fast and furious. Don't you agree? 
Yes, I totally agree. And um, national politics, they have to support the international standards and also the international business case because EV is a global rollout and is a global market. Thomas Foy, could you um, say a few words about your relationship with Intech and where the two of you hope to be heading together? Yes, for sure. So in this case, we have already an established engagement with Intech together. And for the future, we are seeing even further joint engagements on the reference boards, like the charge control modules for charging station or even electric vehicles, plus the PCL modules, as Thomas was mentioning before. And we, we, if we go one layer down, we're even talking here about hardware support, especially on power and communication and interface devices as key element. The enlargement of IoT and cloud solution, so you're giving before some examples with Microsoft Azure Sphere Security for EV charging, and surely as well the safety and security engagement based on the given legislations like the ISO 15118. So considering all these parameters from a technical side, this place, for instance, could also play a significant role considering uh, the AFNET embedded product portfolio. So you see this are very big field just from a technology side. And we're not even talking about the commercial engagement when it comes to direct business or either via EMS or even expanding the activities of Intech into new territories like Americas. So this brings as well an additional push of potential cooperation for the future. Well, maybe, Thomas Wartner, you could talk a little bit about the possible business aspect of your partnership and your relationship with Avnet Silica. Yes, of course. So to uh, tell it a little more high level, we are, I would say, complementary companies heading with full power into the mobility charging market. And uh, with our common product portfolio and market present, it will be a mutual benefit if we join forces somehow. Well, that sounds very, very encouraging. Uh, thank you very much, Thomas Wagner of Intech and Thomas Foy of Avnet Silica for sharing your insights with us. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much for having us today. And now, one more thing. In Singapore, people who spit on the sidewalk or smoke in prohibited areas will soon need to watch out for robots in uniform. The island state is famous for its clean streets and strict public rules and regulations. And local authorities want to use high-tech to combat minor transgressions. Singapore's new robot sheriff, named Xavier, closely resembles the kind of autonomous wheeled delivery bots now being rolled out in America by Domino's, a pizza service. He's armed with an array of cameras and microphones to record potential violations. Anyone caught smoking in the wrong place is identified automatically through face recognition, while a recorded voice remonstrates with the culprit, reminding him or her to please don't smoke in prohibited areas like covered walkways. The unit relays infractions to a central monitoring hub, which sends out tickets or fines. Xavier is also designed to catch illegal street trading and improperly parked bicycles. In addition, he can monitor social distancing and compliance with other anti-corona measures. In Singapore, for instance, groups of more than five people are not allowed to congregate in public during the pandemic. Depending on the type of violation, the RoboCop can also display a text message 
aimed at educating wrongdoers and reminding them of their social responsibilities. By using robots, authorities in Singapore hope to reduce the need to deploy human officers for foot patrols. Policing illegal street vendors, for example, can be very manpower-intensive, says Lily Ling of the Singapore Food Authority. That was We Talk IoT, the Smart Industry Podcast. You can read all the latest from Smart Industry, the IoT Business Magazine, by visiting our website at www.smart-industry.net, where you'll find hundreds of feature articles about everything from smart manufacturing and cognitive computing to autonomous driving and how IoT and AI are making business smarter. There you can sign up to receive our newsletter, Smart Industry Updates. I'm Tim Cole. See you next time. We talk IoT.